This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, and welcome back to Super Women, where I get to talk to incredible women, hear their stories. Hopefully you get something great out of it, like some good advice or something that just makes you have a little bit of a bump in your step along the day. I'm excited to speak with Garance DeRay. I called her. She was in Venice, but that is the beauty of technology. She shared with me some deeply personal parts of her life and reasons why, for most of you, you probably would have thought she should always have stayed in what she's doing. With bravery and perseverance, she pursued a new career path, and this is her story. Superwomen is proud to have Prudential as its presenting sponsor. Prudential and wellness expert Alexandra Drain are traveling across America to learn more about our country's challenging financial landscape in a new project called The State of Us. To learn more about the financial challenges facing America, visit prudential.com forward slash state of us. And stay tuned at the end of this episode to hear more about this important project. This is Garance DeRay on Superwomen. So a lot of people know you for the blog that you started in 2006. When you started your blog, did you know that you were on the dawn of something being so very big? No, I don't think I knew anything. I was just very uh, scrappy. and It was more like, you know, honestly, it was a personal quest. I, I, I just felt that the medium was interesting and free. And I think, it, it you know, it... Um, it re- like it reflected things that I had inside me that need for sharing, communicating, the sense of freedom, almost like the sense of rebellion, uh, which at that time, you know, blogging was. Totally. I remember that time because in 2005, I had just launched my handbag brand. You started seeing blogs begin and the launch of Street Style we as a brand were really excited about it and embraced it because it was another way to connect with our consumer and we didn't have to pay $50,000 to Vogue to be involved. Mm-hmm. So did you ever feel this moment of like, is what I'm doing going to work? Or what are all these naysayers talking about You know what you're doing? Or did you just know that this was the future? I, there was moments where I could see, you know, it's very weird because it's really like a, 
such a personal expression story and creative story more than it is a business story. And so for me, I, I didn't really care about all that. Like, I didn't care about taking off, really. I cared about expressing myself. I did, I cared about doing just enough money so I could travel. And then when business started coming in, I just cared about keeping my credibility, but not like, you know, my authenticity and working with people that I loved and all that. And And honestly, like, you know, for five minutes, I think I thought of myself as a business person just because I was successful. But truthfully, this is not really like what defines me. What what I remember being excited about was being able to travel, being able to write, meeting people that, you know, I never dreamt of meeting, but, you know, not celebrities, but just like my readers all around the world and all that. And I, if I remember the feeling at that time, it was really about that. Now, at some point in 2008, you know, the recession happened and things got kind of crumbled. And at that point, it is true that, you know, before, you know, still to these days, sometimes weird things happen, even though everything has changed. But, you know, I was kind of a an outsider for a long time and uh, it was not easy, you know, being in the world of, of fashion because at that time, before 2008 and, and after too, but like... 2008 was a, a turning point for sure. People didn't consider, like, you know, what we were doing was looked upon as, like, a cheap sister or, like, you know, people who don't have a fashion education and and all that. And in 2008, and so I always looked at myself as the underdog, and I actually didn't care so much, and I actually liked it. I, I had no pretension of, like, becoming a fashion pro or being seen as such. But when in 2008 this happened, you know, there was a problem. People started getting fired and I started having people coming to me that had never even looked at me and asked me for jobs. You know, hey, like, if you're interested, uh, that's what I do and all that. And I was like, I couldn't believe it first because as a working person, it was the first time that I was going through such a violent recession. Mm-hmm. And second, because I never thought anybody would see me as a potential boss, like, you know, somebody would bring, you know, business. But I turned out that I was, you know, so it's very, uh, it's interesting. Like I saw these things happening, but it's not like I was wishing them upon myself. And actually I started so early and that I'm talking for, you know, every wave of of new things that happened that you couldn't dream about success when I started. It was just so far, you know, from that. You know, I was, I was finding a place for myself in the world. That's what I was doing. And, and and I never thought I would have the career that I do now. So when we met, you had told me that um, after years of doing it, of chronicling fashion on your site and collaborating with major brands, working with the media, going to Fashion Week, really in short, living the life that, you know, so many of your fans coveted, you told me like you were miserable and you, you, you had to walk away and in essence start something new. Can you tell me a little bit about that time period where you just felt like so not satisfied with what you were doing? I don't remember when I told you that, but it's very true. Um, it's No, because it's interesting for me because it took me a while to come out to myself. Right. You know, to admit to myself that even though these lives look like the dream and that even though these are dreams that I wouldn't even allow myself to dream when I was a kid or like a young woman, I was leaving it and yet, fuck, I was miserable. You know, it took me years. And I also had people around and I used to be. I think I'm not that much anymore because I did a lot of work on myself. 
um, very, uh, how do you say, uh, influenceable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's a French word, but like, you know, it's like, you know, I was always looking outside of myself for guidance. And so when I was complaining and saying like, you know, I, I wish I didn't have to go to that fashion show or basically like any fashion show or like when success comes really fast. I mean, it's such a cliche you see in so many movies and all that, but it's kind of hard to find yourself. You, you sort of like lose yourself. And then people were like, oh, you have a dream job. You can't quit, you know, like all these things. And I did have a dream job, but uh, at some point, as for a lot of people, it took me years. And then I started seeing physical reactions that I couldn't ignore. Like my body started saying like, okay, if you can't say no from like emotional signs that you're not feeling well in this environment. We're going to show you physical signs and you're not going to be able to do it anymore. So I had, you know, I pushed it pretty far. And then at some point I had to like stop. So you decided to leave that behind and start something new, Atelier Doré, which I'll get to. What was the process of leaving it behind to then starting the Atelier? What was that like? I'm sure it was a vulnerable time. Well, you know, you're creative too. I think we're always vulnerable, like, and strong at the same time. Mm-hmm. I probably had, like, one moment in my life, which I didn't actually like it when I look back, where I was 100% sure of myself or something. And life always shows you that, you know, you can't be. So it was vulnerable. I think for me, it's like risks are, are good. I feel alive. It's new adventures. I think the most symbolic thing was to stop going to fashion shows. Uh, they crystallized really something that, you know, I couldn't deal with anymore on, on different levels and where, you know, I started having panic attacks. So my body really said like, okay, enough, you know, enough of that torture. It might be heaven for some people, it's hell for you. So like, you know, just accept it and, and see what you need to do about it. The Atelier Doré is, is a different energy. Um, not necessarily about starting something new, it's just that Everything was under my name, Garance Doré, and we're a team. Like, you know, I was like 13 people working together. And I just, you know, being a prominent, like, person, I just, like, expectations were complicated. Like, whether you come on my blog or my website now and, like, see that other voices are writing, I just felt like it was more honest to, you know, an atelier is a place where people work together um you know i know you have the same word in, in american but maybe it's a, a little bit different in what it signifies and so i thought it was a good thing to change that and uh, also you know giving myself the freedom to uh sometimes be able to take a step back because i needed it and so tell us about atelier doré like what you do how you sort of evolved from where you started it's interesting because we're more like a lab and we uh, love to try a lot of different things. We're, um, I work with my, I mean, you know, I partnered with someone I've been working for in a, a, a long time, Emily, and we are still finding ourselves, you know, like every company is like always looking for a better way to be and uh, you know, we talk a lot about our values and what we want to do. There was a lot of question recently, I think, in my mind about what is success. And I think, you know, recently, and I think your whole blog is, is about, you know, like women and empowering women and all that. And I've always been empowering women, I guess, like, you know, just like portraying them and, and you know, showing my respect to what they do and, and all that. I think 
you know, in the recent years, sometimes it's been pushed too far. That idea that success means, you know, like having your own business, maybe, or like having making a ton of money or selling, you know, big company and and all these things. And you know, those, those women we see on on covers of magazines that seem to have it all. I feel sometimes like we're back in the '80s, you know, with like this incredibly crazy expectations on women who also have to take care of their children and look beautiful and have a perfectly like curated Instagram account and, and all these things. You know, I want to think of the company that I create and how to not be a prey to all those trends that we so we take our time, we test things, we evolve together with our readers, and uh, we create, you know, the, the core of what we do is we are storytellers, um, and we show what we love. And then we also obviously work together with brands that we appreciate and appreciate us, and, you know, we try to create beautiful stories. So that's what we do. And then we also do things that we just love to do, which is, um, you know, I host a creative uh, retreat every year. So this year we're going to go to Chile. We have like, you know, different events. I love uh, real life. So I love doing events and meeting with people, my readers, or, you know, doing some talks and like getting people together is something that's more and more important to me. Um, and so we do a lot of different things like that. Basically, uh, the atelier is our home, and that's where we're giving ourselves authorization to be creative and to be ourselves. And uh, it's only women, which is not necessarily a choice, but I think we're pretty happy uh, to all work together. First of all, I, I want to come on that chili trip. <laughs> it sounds incredible. <laughs> and being that you're incredibly creative and artistic, I'm curious, where do you get your inspiration or find your inspiration? I find it in myself, and that's something that I said many times. I find it in my human experience, like the shit that happens, the great things that happens, the changes, the things that I thought I would love and I hate, the things that I thought I would hate and I love. All these movements to me are, you know, what is fascinating. That's also why I think it's easy for me to share because I see all that as just beautiful stories, you know, of love and pain and I think all of it is worth it, you know, and, and so that's, that's where I find my inspiration. And I, I see the same thing in others and I, and I love that in them. And I think that's, that there's nothing to me more inspiring than that and the ocean. And you live so close to it. I'm very jealous. <laughs> I do. I do. I was at the beach right before coming to, uh, to home to like talk to you. Oh, so try to go to take, take my breakfast every morning at the beach. I love that. As a former, I grew up in San Diego. So for me, being that oh. proximity to the beach is something I definitely miss being in New York. It's heaven, I have to say. Like this life change of moving from New York to L.A. And we definitely like decided this is going to be L.A. It's going to be next close to the beach. Can't replace the California beach. <laughs> <laughs> What does, um, you know, you have many, you said 13 women that you work with. So mm -hmm. do they each have a specialty or do you kind of all work as a as a community on the projects together? No, we all have different skill sets and we all have different energies that we bring to the atelier. We all, you know, and, and I love that we've been able to uh, work around 
people's lives too, you know, one of our favorite, you know, like she's been here for such a long time. Um, employees has wanted to move to LA because of her boyfriend and we were able to make that happen. And so, you know, cause we didn't want to lose her. So we, we just, you know, and, and, and some people are like, okay, right now I need to be freelancing and then I'll come back. And we, we really are trying hard to create new ways of, of working and to, um, you know, people happy and, and also like creative, which is one of the most important things. So one of the things that I struggle with, and I'm curious to know if you struggle with, is when you have a passion that evolves into a career, it can be hard sometimes to keep your personal and private life separate from your career. I'd be curious to know how you navigate that. I'm always trying new things, and uh, I'm like probably like you. I'm fragile. I have to take care of myself, you know? It's, it's a weird thing because I think day one, I've made my mission to be as transparent and honest as possible. The way I, I do that is through my writing and my art. And so there, therefore, like, you know, the fact that it is a creative process creates the right distance. So I've never had a problem until, you know, social media uh, came along and started asking more and more and more of my time and my personal uh, moments. Uh, without filter, so like without the process, the creative process around it, because it's very different to tell a story live on, you know, Instagram stories or whatever, and leaving something that's emotional and then taking the time to sit down and write it. So I'm in the process of trying to think of how to, you know, take the best out of what's going on right now, uh, social media, but I'm also very conscious of uh, what's going on and how it can lead anyone to, you know, a, not a very secure mental state. Yeah. And so um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm super, super careful about it. And I am leaving probably as you are all the contradictions and all the questions that we all are. I know my friends are very tired of it and try to, you know, take time off and all that. And I don't think I have answers, but I know that I'm working really, really hard to have some. And, uh, for example, this summer I needed a break and, um, my assistant, uh, is the one who was posting on my Instagram. I didn't open my app once in like, I think a month and a half. Wow. Yeah. That's good. I needed it. <laughs> it's, it's no, and, and the problem when you do that is you don't want to go back. I feel like I gained so many hours and so much headspace from doing that. Uh, so I'm thinking of the next steps. Like, you know, because I don't want to disengage. That's not the, the, the thing. But I want to be able to control rather than be controlled by, you know, social media in general. Totally. Yeah. So that's my answer. I don't have like a, there's no rules. I think it's a personal thing. I think some people can take it more and can give more. Some people get very, like, I know I get very tense and I know I, I, uh, I know that, you know, my heart sometimes starts racing when I look at it. I'm really trying to be conscious of my physical reactions and like the, you know, what I, when I give too much. Yeah. The, the former president of my company who was older when, when I had my first child, 
she sort of didn't understand why I would attempt to bring him to work or or attempt some sort of balance. And it wasn't Uh until she had her daughter and then saw her daughter struggling with that work-life balance. And she's like, you know, in our day, we didn't have to be on past six o'clock at night. When we went home, we went home and we had our lives. And Mm -hmm. now that I see you young, you know, younger women struggling with this, like you have to be on all the time. And then you add social media to it and it's like, it doesn't stop, right? So... No, it doesn't stop. And the, the, I think the pressure is, uh, you know, we used to, and, you know, humans compare each other. It's, you shouldn't feel bad about it, you know, a survival thing. And, and we have it inside us. So we can't pretend that we don't look at other people, what they're doing, how we fare compared to them and all that. It's natural. The problem with social media is that we used to compare ourselves to our neighbors in our town. You know, mm-hmm. and now it's the world mm-hmm. and there's always going to be people that, you know, look like they're doing better, doing that. And, and that constant, you know, adjustment is, is, is extremely tricky and we have to learn um, to manage that. You know, it's like a new crazy toy that's been put into our hands and we, uh, we don't really know yet how to manage it. Totally. So one of the things that I really appreciated, speaking of vulnerability, was you shared a very personal struggle that you had in Lenny, Lena Dunham's publication, where you shared your experience with IVF and the struggles uh, with Mm -hmm. that. What made you decide to share that? And, you know, have you seen that more women have come forward because of that and expressing, you know, showing that side? Because I feel like so often we're told to not share, right? That everything has, like you said, has to be perfect and has to uh, come across like we have it all together. So what made you, A, decide to do it and the impact from it? I think what made me want to do it is just uh, in line with, you know, how I've always been. I've always shared the ups and downs. To me, it's, uh, it's only fair. You know, if you show the beautiful parts of your life, you also have to. I, I truly, deeply feel a mission to be an honest mirror to women, and uh, it's it's just naturally. You know, that's how I am with my friends. Like, I I'm just pretty blunt and honest, and I I want to. You know, I don't I don't think that being perfect makes me cool. You know, I've never thought that. Maybe it's because I'm a kid of the '90s. You know, or. I don't know. There is something. I I just think actually like communicating, real communication comes from, you know, sharing and being fragile and being real. So to me, I've always knew, I've always, I always knew that when I was going through it, that I would share it. My question was, was more, when will I be ready? Any woman who has gone through, you know, any fertility uh, trouble or, you know, it's such a heavy, heavy suffering. And a lot of women deny it, um, and, you know, take, don't take the time to heal. And it takes a long time, you know, to decide what you want to do, to heal from the pain and all that. So it was more like, okay, when am I going to be ready to share where I am? Should I wait until I have a baby? Like, you know, all these things. And at some point I was like, no, we need to tell stories without happy endings, you know? We need to show that happy endings are not always what we expect them to be. And so that's when I had my prompt to be like, okay, I think I'm ready. You know, yeah, the story is not necessarily over because today you can have babies, you know, in so many different ways. But that's what's interesting. It's like, stop the happy endings. You know, there is many ways to cope with things in life. You know, I I always say to people, it's okay to fail. 
you know, and it's okay to like have, you know, I don't know, like it's not just like fertility, it can be in your business, you know, I want to show that in other people, I don't want to show it myself, it's just there, you know, and so that was the prompt, and obviously, uh, millions, like it's crazy how much comments and letters and like women who come to me, uh, you know, and, and they all say the same thing. They're like, thank you for showing that. And thank you for not putting a happy ending, you know? And I think that's very interesting that they, you know, it felt like, okay, like, you know, you can be successful. You can look like you have, you know, a perfect life. And, and yet, you know, you have some, you know, things that maybe will never be resolved. It was incredibly powerful. And, and I was really excited that you shared that because I feel like I know a lot of women who have gone through it too, who won't talk about it. You know, they won't. And if they do end up getting pregnant, they won't admit it. And I, and I, and I'm an oversharer, I guess I should say. Sometimes I put my foot in my mouth way too often, but <laughs> I, I was appreciative of the sharing of that. Yeah, I think it's important for women to talk about that just because we also have a responsibility to the younger women yeah. to, again, like, you know, I think we see a lot of, um, Women just show that I just I have so many things to say about the representation of motherhood in our society. I don't think we should go there because it's another subject. I'm going to do another special podcast on that because I would love to hear it. <laughs> yeah, but um, I definitely feel like we have a responsibility to be honest between women. Uh, for example, you know, we know that a lot of actresses that have babies past like 47, 48, like, you know, it's often with donor eggs. Like, I'm not saying, like, everybody should say it. I think people have their personal stories. But, like, you know, it changes the way people, like, people now imagine that you, you can have babies, like, forever. There are things, you know, there are backstories to that. And I think if some women feel strong enough to be able to share these stories, I applaud them and I think it's important to start doing it. You know, it's a disservice we do to each other as women. Totally. To not share. So I don't think you're an over overshare. <laughs> I, I just think, you know, we should stop. I, I don't know to what uh, standards we hold ourselves to. I just, I, I think they're just crazy. And I think they don't bring any sort of happiness. And I think that what's important in life is to be peaceful and happy. I love that. So one thing, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, one thing I like to ask everybody that I interview is something we'd be surprised to know about you. It can be, you know, one woman said she has to take three showers a day, but it could be, you know, another woman said that she's actually much shyer than people expect for her to be in a public, you know, position of leadership. Do you have anything people would be su surprised that you haven't shared, I guess? Oh, my God, I don't know because I share everything. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I cover pretty much like every everything on my in my writings and all that. So one of the other questions I like to ask everybody is, you know, part of why I wanted to do this podcast was I would love our listeners to walk away from, you know, listening to it and be inspired to take that next step or change something within their life that would, you know, make an impact to themselves. So, you know, being that you've had an incredible and vast career, uh, many different facets to it, um, do you have any wise words that you want to share? that you haven't already? Because I felt like you've given me a lot, but... Well, yeah, I think the most important is to be do things for yourself, you know? I think we spend so much time 
doing things because we think that, you know, we'll be appreciated by others or like, I think the first job we have is connect to ourselves. And again, like, I feel like once we have that, the mirrors that, you know, society uh, puts at us don't, don't reach so far. And we don't think that we have to make life this incredible, like, juggling act of doing everything at the same time, you know? I just want to have a message of for women to take time to, like, enjoy, you know, what are, some women love doing it all at the same time, and so that's how they thrive and all that. Some women love to, you know, take a few years for your kids, you know, if that's what rocks your boat. Like, my sister did that beautifully, and... She had, she, she's having still so much fun. And, and, and so I, I just feel like I, I want to say it's all about being connected to what we want and not get too influenced by what we hear because often we don't really have the full story. I love that. Garance DeRay, thank you so much for being part of my podcast. Thank you, Rebecca. That was Garance DeRay, founder of Atelier Doré. You can find her work on her website, atelierdore.com. That's A-T-E-L-I-E-R-D-O-R-E. And on Instagram at Garance Dore. G-A-R-A-N-C-E-D-O-R-E. Thanks for listening to Superwomen. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tune in next week where I get to speak with Stacey London. She calls herself a symphony, and I can't wait for you to listen and hear why. It's so funny to me when I look at products that say anti-aging because I'm like, anti? There's pro and there's anti. You're going to tell me you're physically, mentally, psychologically against an inevitable process? That feels like a waste of time and a perfect way to make women hate themselves. So I am on, you know, somewhat of a crusade to change that and to reframe the way we think about it in this book and in my life and in the way I talk to people about the way that they dress. Super Women is brought to you by Prudential, promoting their new project, The State of Us. Today, less than half of us believe we're on track to meet our financial goals. America is changing, and with it, the financial challenges we face. That's why Prudential has partnered with wellness expert Alexandra Drain. They're traveling across the country, talking to real people in a project called The State of Us. From the town with the longest lifespan to the town with the highest birth rate to the smallest town in America, their goal is to uncover challenges getting in the way of financial wellness. Because even though our challenges may seem overwhelming, Prudential believes there's a path forward for everyone. To learn more about the financial challenges facing America, visit prudential.com forward slash state of us.